0: Amen. Thank y'all for the good worship. And this morning, if you got your Bible, I want to ask you to turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And good to see you this morning in God's house. So we open up his word. And this is a passage that it's talking about how God has placed the church, which he calls here the body, the body of Christ, and taken each individual member and strategically, intentionally placed them in the church. Now, he's not just talking about the universal church because to be a part of the universal church, you got to be a part of a local church somewhere. And so he's talking about in local congregations as God by the Spirit saves people and leads people and he places them where he wants them. He puts us here not by our choosing but by his purpose and his will. And then he gives us gifts, abilities to do certain ministries and to be a part of different activities. Every person in this room this morning that's saved, God has given you a gift, an enablement that is from the Holy Spirit. And He's given you a ministry responsibility that that gift helps you to do. And everyone has got a certain activity that God expects you to be busy in. And today we have come to a place where most people in the church today are totally unaware of this. And if you really look at this today, you will understand that no one church shops to find the church that they want. You seek God and He leads you to the church that He has called you to be a member in. If there's one thing that the church is holy and totally ignorant of today is that we're filled with a church culture filled of church shoppers. We're almost like Goldilocks. We're looking for that perfect church. And we go around, well, this one preaches too long. This one's song is too loud. This one is just not. I'm looking for that perfect church. And just like Goldilocks found out, there is not one. Friends, it's not the church that we choose that will make us be where we're supposed to be in Christ. It's the church that God calls us to. And I want us to look here. Paul says in his first verse, I do not want you to be ignorant of something. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, so he's talking to the saved, I do not want you to be ignorant. And look at what he says in verse 2. Remember how ignorant we were to the things of God before we got saved? Do you remember how easily led astray we were? And how far off from where God wanted us we used to be. But when God saved us, he called us out of darkness into his light. And his light has led us from the things that used to control us and consume us and rob us of the abundant life in Christ. And now he leads us to where he needs us to be, to go where he wants us to go, to do what he wants us to do so that we can experience the fullness of the life that God saved us to have. Eternal life doesn't begin when you go to heaven. Eternal life began the moment you got saved. Eternal life is experienced every day here on heaven here on earth. And listen what he tells them there. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols however you were led. There's people all over around us and even within the church that are led away by dumb idols. Idols are anything that takes the place of God. Yesterday... God love them. Hundreds of thousands of our fellow Louisianians were consumed with a God called LSU football. They worshipped yesterday and they're sleeping off a drunk of celebration this morning. And that's what controls them week to week. Right now, only thing on their mind is national championship. Amen. And it may be. Why, there's people in Alabama who's heartbroken, possibly in need of counseling because of a football game. But guys, let me tell you something. If you think that's something to laugh at, there's people in the church today seeking something just as foolish in the church. They're seeking to be fulfilled and satisfied by what the church does for them. And to find fulfillment, purpose, and meaning in church, it's not what the church does for you. It's what God creates and saves you and equips you to do for the church. The people that love the church the most, that get the most out of church is the people that's given to the church. Can I get an amen? The people that's involved in the church. The hardest people in the church to keep you, they come through the front door, they love you, they like you, then the first time something don't go their way, they're out the back door and you can't find them. The people that stays in the church is connected to the church. And I want to show you how God connects his people to his church. He says right there, carried away by dumb dogs therefore he says i make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit calls jesus accursed have you ever seen a christian that'll say he loves jesus but he'll say gd friend gonna tell you something there ain't no holy spirit in nobody that can say the gd i don't know about y'all the f word don't bother me as bad as that now i'm just getting real with you this morning because if the Spirit is in you and Jesus is Lord, when you hear someone curse God's name, it grieves you. It hurts you. Listen to what he says right there. You know that we were carried away. But listen, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can truly say, that's what he's saying, that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Guys, for it to mean anything, it's got to be real. And for the Holy Spirit to be in you and Jesus be Lord and you be under his control, that's when we can say it, amen? And it means something. And listen to what he says. This is the verse I want to preach. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Spiritual gifts are connected with the membership of the body. Each member makes up the whole body. And each individual member is given a specific gift to do a specific ministry to carry out a specific activity in the church. Let me show it to you here. I want you to think about this with me first, though. That word ignorant, I don't like to be called ignorant. But what it really means, it's where we get the word agnostic. Now, how many of you knows what an agnostic is? How many of you knows what an atheist is? An atheist is someone who believes there is no God. An agnostic is someone who believes there is a God, but he don't know what he believes about him. He don't even know if he really exists. So that word ignorant comes from the Greek word from which we get our English word agnostic. An agnostic says, I don't know if God really exists. I don't know if he doesn't. I'm not really able to say. I don't really know. That's what to be an agnostic is. And there's a lot of agnostics who believe there is a God, but they don't believe you can know anything about Him. They believe that there might be a God, but they don't really know what He can do. That's what an agnostic is. Now, what Paul is saying here, he's saying, I don't want you thinking, I don't know what I believe about spiritual gifts in the church. And if there's anything that the church is ignorant of, since I've been a pastor, is spiritual gifts and how they connect to the individual members of the body and how Christ does the membership. There's a lot of people talking about membership. There is membership in the body of Christ. But it's not like we think of membership. Membership to God is that each one of us is an individual who makes up a whole and every one of us has a specific function. And we've been given a specific ability. To carry out that purpose to make the body. That's why it's so important that every one of us be where God wants us to be and not where we want to be. Now I want you to look at this. Concerning these spiritual gifts. Look what Paul says when you get to to verse 4. He says there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. The Spirit gives every single believer a gift. If you didn't get a gift, you ain't a believer. When you got saved, He blessed you. It ain't a reward. You didn't earn it. He gave it to you by grace at the moment he saved you. Why? Because there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. Everybody in the church doesn't do the same thing. Everyone can't be the preacher. Everyone can't be the the Sunday school teacher. Everyone can't be the nursery worker. So if we got anybody wanting to be though, we got room for you. Amen. But all kidding aside, everyone's got different ministries. But we're all serving the same Lord. And we've all been given a gift and ability that's all come from the same spirit. And look at this. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Guys, listen. God is actively working in justice. He's actively working in, where'd Gage go? Gage? He's actively working in everybody who's saved. And we should be actively letting that work work through us by doing the different ministries he's given everybody, and he's given every one of us diversities of gifts. Now, guys, I want you to think about this. But the manifestation of the Spirit, that's what it says when you get to chapter 6, is given to each one of us. But it's not given to us for us. It's given to us for the profit of all, everybody else. Now, guys, if you say, I don't believe everyone got a gift, then you need to throw this book out. And there's a lot of people in the church today who have never even heard that they have spiritual gifts. They don't know what the spiritual gifts are and they surely don't know what their gift is. And they don't even know what their ministry calling and purpose in the body is and what activity God wants them involved in. God wants us serving Him. That's what Lord is. If He's Lord, that automatically makes us servant. And we're to be serving the Lord. Look at what he says when you get down to verse 11. He says, but one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one. So those two verses, if you look in between them with me, if you got your Bible, look at these. It gives you some of the gifts that God has given us. Look at what it says. It says in verse um, 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. And then he says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And then he starts listing them. For to one is given the word of wisdom, and it comes from the Spirit. To another, he's given the word of knowledge, and it comes from the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Now today it'd be easy for us to say, well, I don't, I don't, I've never seen any of that in the church. How many of you even believe you could have that? <laughs> See, the reason I think we don't have these things happening, miracles, healings, Who's asked God lately if He's given what your gift is? Much less if you know if you God ain't changed. Jesus is the same yesterday, tomorrow. Friends, you can't find anywhere in this book. I'm Baptist to the core, but I'm not so Baptist that I'm going to take the Bible and say something that it doesn't say. The Bible is clear. There's no cessation of tongues. Now, tongues is misrepresented. Tongues has been misused, and tongues has been. done And I'm not here to tell you I'm going to speak in tongues. don't get worried. I ain't never spoken yeah. tongues but I got good friends that have and they love Jesus and serve Jesus as much as anybody else. Tongues is a dead gift. Show me that. That kind of thinking is why churches aren't operating under the power of the gifts placed in the places of ministries that God called you to do and involved with the activities that he placed you there to be in because God gave every one of us some type of gift. He distributed to each one. And listen, this is what's the craziest thing. There's people that teach primarily about tongues that you can pray enough to get it, that you can ask for it. It's individually as he wills you get it. It's distributed by the Spirit to all. Individually as he wills. You don't get to ask what you get. I didn't ask to be a preacher, I promise you. You don't get to say, I think I want healing. I think I want, no, he gives it to you as he seen fit. Listen, talking about it, we're going to look at some more of this tonight. Listen what it says in the book of Ephesians. It says in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4, but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, when he went back to heaven, he led captivity, and he gave gifts to men. That's what the Bible says. Listen what Romans says about this. Paul says in Romans chapter 4, this one is really good. We're going to look at this tonight. For we have, as we have many members in one body, all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. He says so every one of us although there's many members we are one body and even though we're individual members we all have don't have the same function and listen to what he says having then gifts differing according to the grace that was given to us let us use them. That's what the Bible says. Listen to that. That comes right out of Romans chapter 12. Having then gifts differing according to the grace if grace gave it to you you didn't get to pick what you want it was gave to you by the sovereignty of god by his spirit as a gift and he says therefore as we have these gifts let us use them now i want you to look how he puts us into the body look at what the bible what paul says about the church here the body for as many as the body for as the body is one there's only one body the body of christ and has many members But all the members of that body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. We're all a part of the body. And he uses the analogy of a human body. And listen to what he says when you look at 14. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Aren't you glad that there's a variety of members in here this morning? Aren't you glad that we all have different gifts? That we all have different ministry responsibilities? And we've all been assigned to different activities in the church Not everyone does the same thing. Now look at this. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Not only do you not get to pick your gift, you don't get to pick what you do in the church and what you are in the church. God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. This is detrimental to the way most churches operate today. Because you can't just pick people and put them in a slot and God say, that's what I'm going to bless. God chooses and puts the church together. Membership is chosen by God. And listen, but now indeed there are many members, here it is again, yet one body. And then listen to what he says. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Now I want you to look at this with me. God does keep membership in the body of Christ. And there's lots of questions about membership. I have been getting asked about membership more lately than anything about the church. Now, guys, God's way of membership is different. There's memberships. When I was at Why Not, I joined the Why Not Bighorn Hunting Club. And I paid dues, and I became a member. When I became a member, I got to hunt on their land. I got a key to get in their gate, (laughs) And I got rights. I had rights to two green fields, And I had all these privileges that came. You might want to go join a health club. Join a gym. When you become a member, you get rights. You get access. You get a pass. You can use their equipment. You might get a lot of things from it. I don't know because I've never joined a health club. (laughs) But that's nothing like membership to God. Membership to God is to where everyone is like the member of a body. Membership to God doesn't give you benefits as an individual as much as it benefits you as the body together. To be part of the body is an awesome privilege. And since, listen to this, God puts the members where he wants them to be. Listen to what he says here. Look at it with me. When you get down here to verse I'm in the wrong passage. Hold up. Look what God says when you look under verse 12. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. That's true. Whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and we have all been made to drink into that one spirit. For in fact, look what he says, the body is one member but not one member but many and listen what he says in verse 15 if the foot would say because I am not a hand I am not of the body is it therefore not of the body and if the ear should say because I am not of the eye am I not of the body is it therefore not of the body if the whole body were an eye where would you be the hearing if the whole were hearing where would be the smelling but now look at what he says God has set the members each one of them In the body, just as He pleased. Now I want you to think about this. What if I had all feet this morning? I had four feet, didn't have no hands, Frank. I'd have to get one of y'all to come up here and help me turn my Bible. I had to get one of y'all to help feed me because I can't do I can't do a lot. See, hands have a specific function. What if I didn't have any eyes and had all ears? What well, if I had all these things misplaced? And guys, let me tell you what's wrong with the church today. The church is not in order because most people don't know what God placed them to do, much less what their spiritual gift is. And then we wonder why the body is so ineffective. A handicapped body is a pretty serious problem. I want you to think about this. What's even worse Is when people think. I don't have to be connected to the body. That I can be a Christian. And I can live outside the body. Now there's this mindset. When I got saved. I became a member of the one body. The universal church. And that is true. But if you're not somewhere. Connected to a local church. With local believers. Where God has gave you the gift of a pastor. That's a spiritual gift from God. You can go look. He's given you teachers that are spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at that tonight. To equip you, and he's placed you to have a specific function. Maybe he gave you the gift of faith. Maybe he gave you the gift of hospitality. He may have gave you the gift of mercy. But he's got a gift somewhere where you will flourish in your ministry, and he's got an activity for you. And you're not where you're supposed to be. That church is missing something that God wants it to have. But you're missing something too. Because the only thing wrong than a body that is dismembered, it can still function. If I had one foot cut off and one hand foot and one eye out and one ear, I could still get by and preach. But I'd be a pitiful sight. But let me tell you what would even be worse. That dismembered foot just laying there. Dismembered from the body of Christ. What's it going to look like in a week? What's it going to look like in two weeks? Because I'm telling you, there's people all over the church today that sit in the church, but they're dismembered. They're not connected. They don't know if they're a foot or hand. They don't even know where they belong. They don't know what their gift is. And guys, listen, some feet are gifted to run. Mine ain't. Some feet are gifted to do other things. Some hands, Justin, Jonathan's hands, are gifted to play that guitar. My hands are gifted to hold a fork. <laughs> Brother Kenneth has got hands that are gifted to build. Brother Dennis has got hands that's gifted to fight. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but everybody's hands are different. Would you agree with me? Everybody's got mouths that are different. Some people's got mouths that are gifted to sing. Some people's been given a mouth that's gifted to preach. Some people's got a mouth that needs to learn to be quiet. <laughs> but mouths all do different things because they have different abilities. Guys, God gave everybody in this church a place and a gift and an activity. And he wants you to be a member That's involved in his body. And friends, when you're dismembered before long, that foot has no life. That cut off hand has no use. Friends, when we connect it to the body, the body becomes an awesome display of God at work. Because guess who's the head of the body? Jesus I want you to think about this, and I'm almost through, believe it or not today. when I got to looking at this and I got to see how ignorant we are, if I was to ask you today, how many of you could raise your hand and say, "This is my spiritual gift?" How many of you ever even looked and you could give me a basic biblical list of what the spiritual gifts are? Some people are raising their hands. How many people here has ever taken a spiritual gift? survey a test how many of you would say it was pretty accurate raise your hand tonight I'm going to show you how to take a spiritual gift test now that don't mean that's exactly your spiritual but it's going to point you but the only way you'll ever learn what your spiritual gift is is to get out of the pew connect to a body and go to work for God and serve him Now, I do want to tell you one thing I can promise you. This is 100% factual truth, guaranteed. Pew warming is not a spiritual gift. So get up out of the pew and say, Lord, show me what you think, what I think my gift is. Show me what my ministry opportunity is and put me in the activity for the glory of God. And you know what you'll find out real quick if that's your gift? If that's your calling, I'd rather fail trying to serve Jesus than sit in the pew and never have tried. And the church is filled with people. You know, we wonder, why ain't the church functioning? Because the church ain't doing it God's way. And guys, listen, this is important. This verse comes to life when you apply it to what we just read this morning. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. I don't know about y'all, just looking at y'all this morning stirs me up. Amen? Y'all look. Y'all stir up stuff. And listen, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some guys. How important is it that we consider one another and that we not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but we come together with an intent to do my part. We're going to look at that tonight. To fulfill my ministry obligation so that I can, what, profit, it's all for the profit of all, for the church, to make the church, to exhort the church. Listen, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And guys, the more reason for us to say, I want to find out what my spiritual gift is, I want to find out what my ministry placement is, I want to find out what activity I should be involved with in the church. It's because the day is coming, my friend, when the church won't be here anymore. The church will be with the Lord. Our day to shine and build and give him glory is today. Today to reach lost people is now. And we are to do that by all working together. I'm a firm believer that nobody can do it on their own. We all need one another. So we don't need to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We need to consider one another. And, guys, I'm telling you, to be plugged in. And to be an active member, involved in ministry, working under the ability of what God has gifted you to do is biblical membership. And he's got a place for you in everybody for somewhere. Now, this is what it is. People tell me, well, you never, ever invite us to join the church. You don't talk about joining the church. And I probably should explain how to join the church. But guys, I'm here to tell you, I don't want to beg people to join this church. If I got to ask you to join, I don't want you to join. I want God to deal with you to the point you come ask me. (laughs) Because then I know it's God. The last thing we need is 10 foots. Because it's awkward enough. But what we do need is every place where God wants it fulfilled. God's talking to people in here because I know he's working. And he's telling you, this is where I want to use you. This is the body that I've called you to. And if you'll keep seeking him, he don't want to just bring you here to sit in the pew. He said, seek me. Follow the word and I'll show you the ministry that I've gifted you to do. And as you begin to serve in that ministry, you'll find out real quick what your gift is. Because everyone's got a gift. Everyone's got a ministry, and everyone's got an activity for the body to make it grow. Guys, I don't know about y'all. When I look at God's plan, it sounds like a pretty good plan. Amen? So I want to invite you today. You might already be a member, but you don't know what your ministry call is. You may already be a member, and you're involved in ministry, but you're not sure if you're working within your gift set. Because I got news for you. The more you study about this... Most of us probably have more than one gift. But we all have exactly at least one. So I want to ask you this morning, do you want to be a member of this church? Do you want to be connected to this body? But it ain't as you want, it's God telling you to. And if God's telling you to, I'm going to ask you to come up this morning and say, I want to join this fellowship. I want to be part of this body. And I want to find out what my place is. And I want to be part of the activity that we're doing. Friends, there's places to serve God in the church. Amen. So as we stand together this morning and we pray, I'm going to ask you if God is calling you. Now, maybe you're not saved this morning. And this is the day you could be saved. Because if you'll just come forward, trust in Jesus, we'll help you to know how to do that. Brother Shelby's going to stand here with me this morning. He'd love to pray with you. But I'm going to ask you, The way we receive members at Bethany Baptist Church is, first of all, you have to be saved. To be saved means you have come to the place where you have realized you're a sinner and you've confessed that. And you understand that Christ is the provision for salvation. And that you know that Jesus' death on the cross paid the price for your sins. And not only do you believe that in your heart, but you're willing to confess that with your mouth, that Jesus Christ is Christ, Savior, and Lord God. And you've made a profession of faith. You publicly are willing to say, Jesus, I need you to save me, and I'm coming today for you to be my Savior. And a profession of faith followed by biblical baptism, which means believer's baptism. If you got baptized as an infant, that wasn't your choice. Your parents done that. If you went through a system called confirmation and at 12 years old they worked you through a church religious system and everyone got baptized, that ain't biblical baptism. Biblical baptism is believer's baptism. Nobody can be scripturally and rightly baptized unless they first have received Jesus as their Savior. And once Jesus is your Savior, then you're a candidate to be baptized. In fact, it's the first step And making him Lord and obedience to him and being baptized and making that public proclamation that Jesus is my Savior and he's my Lord. And I'm going to follow him. So if you've never done that today, we want you to come up and you can be a member. You will be a member if this is where God's leading you. But if you're already saved but you're not a member, we receive members by statement of faith. Statement of faith is someone who understands rightly the gospel and has been saved by Jesus, by grace, and who has been scripturally baptized by immersion after they were saved, and you can just come and say, I know the Lord, I'm saved, I've been baptized by immersion, I understand it doesn't save, and you can join the church that way. The third way is if you're a member of a Southern Baptist church, there's a letter somewhere, and they'll let you come by letter. But all three of those ways don't mean anything if you don't come by the way of the cross. The way of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one coming through the Father but through me. And I'm going to tell you right now, no one can be a part of his body but through his blood, through his grace. And so today I'm inviting you, if you're feeling led, if God's been dealing with you, let's join up with us. Let's make this body into the body it needs to be. And let's go out there and let's go kick the devil's tail. Amen? (laughs) So if you want to join up, that's the call. But listen, if you want to be saved today, Come be saved. Nothing better than that. So I'm just saying, if you need to come, this is your day. If you want to join, if God's leading you, we'd love to have you. God bless you.